right, here we go. Welcome to episode 57 of TGE, the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, because we want to find out if the editing is Oscar-worthy. Because we were sort of wondering if it was and why <laughs> that movie that we were talking about did not get an Oscar nomination, which was Blade Runner 2049. Same year. Anyway, I'm with myself and with me as well is Tyler. Tyler, how are you? Good, Sven. Yes, a couple clarifications are, one, this came up a few episodes ago. We were talking about Blade Runner and the other movies that had been nominated that year for editing. And we realized we'd never done this one and thought it'd be cool to do something with a little dialogue and comedy since we hadn't done anything that wasn't like pure action for a while <laughs> with like no one speaking, Which, but all the same, this is a good change of pace. And also... We want to thank everyone for listening to the show, everyone that has subscribed. And in honor of those that have subscribed, I'm not going to ask everyone to subscribe again because I know that many of you have. So we're just, it's appreciation week for that. Also, this is rare because it's 10.25 p.m. the night that the episode comes out. So we are right there. We are just doing this just right down to the gun as live as possible. And we were hoping some big fancy editing news would have happened today, but it, but it really didn't. But we got some cool questions and comments from people that Sven is going to unload on us. Totally. Let's do it. The first question actually I found on Reddit, and it was some random editing conversation, so it's not even directed to us, but I thought it was an interesting question. And here it goes. Does good editing even matter anymore? I keep seeing amateur filmmakers and other influencers' videos that have thousands, millions of views, yet their videos are terrible. Sometimes good cinematography, but the overall edit isn't even grad student material. With one shitty song and a montage of clips leading me to wonder, does good editing even matter nowadays, or is content king? Tyler, what do you think? <laughs> Whoa. I need, I, I appreciate the attitude. I, I understand the dismay that one can feel kind of in this environment of content. But I guess we would have to specifically look at those things because I have learned enough times that usually if something is being successful, there's a reason for it. And it's kind of good to take it apart and understand what what cylinders it is hitting on because you can usually learn something even from stuff that you hate or films you would never watch or that aren't necessarily for your demographic there's something that might work about them and they do appeal to some people and i think you know there's there's a lot of types of stuff that's examples to that that things i don't necessarily feel very into that are very widely accepted so yeah that's that's my thoughts man nice well my thought is i think content is always king and Sometimes content is shitty because it's not edited very well, but I think editing can really help bring out the best in content, but ultimately it comes down to storytelling. So if you have a story to tell that matters, that has stakes, that has drama, that engages an audience, it might work even if your camera work sucks or even if your editing is not great. If, if whatever you're presenting is authentic or it's connecting, that is, I think, the prime reason why stories work and it's not the craft per se so i think we're just sort of in this fortunate situation now that everybody gets to have a voice and gets to tell stories and some of these storytellers are not very good craftsmen but they still have really interesting stories to tell and if people are watching it if millions or thousands are watching it i think that means something i think that's a meaningful story in one way or another so that would be my my answer but i do think that good editing is always helpful to bring out the best in a story 
but their story still has to be good, no matter what. There you go. Absolutely. So the next question comes from Nazim, and he asked us directly, Hi, I'd like to ask if you watch non-English movies at all and notice any significant differences between editing styles. I just watched every frame of painting video on the Korean movie Memories of Murder, one of my favorite films, and it made me think about how filmmakers around the world would no doubt edit movies in a completely different rhythm. Korean director Jun Ho Bong, I hope I pronounce this correctly, has, I feel, a very distinct way of making movies. Memories of Murder, Mother, the Host. Thank you. Tyler, do we watch foreign movies and do we notice any difference in the editing? Yes, so he also did Snowpiercer and he also just won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival for his latest film and also his his film, I think Memories for Murder, the serial killer was based on actually just got caught or found out that he was already caught. He was in jail and they found out who he was. Whatever, that's a non sequitur, but you know, that's a tough question because we are talking about visual grammar, which I do think is a little more universal than some other things but there are also it is very interesting to study and look at the the way that different cultures process stuff and especially how long it took almost 70 years from the invention of the movie camera to have sophisticated advanced editing in the mainstream as a form but i don't know it's weird that the thing that i guess one yes we do probably need a little more variety and diversity on the movies that we look at and the directors that we look at on this yeah. show and that's something we talk about a lot so please send us recommendations because <laughs> we can't do it on our own but no send us recommendations that's great but more and let's do one of his films next week maybe sven i would love to do snowpiercer actually i just saw that and i Ooh. thought it was great yeah i really loved it i, I mean it's not movie. really a foreign movie per se but i thought it was true so entertaining and <laughs> i watch That's it with my daughter and she is sort of the gold standard for if something is boring she'll immediately rebel and she watched it through and she had a good time awesome yeah that movie's amazing that's as foreign as we get no i mean we've done for several foreign films we've done one car why we've done kurosawa yeah. we've done foreign stuff on this show okay cut us a break man subscribe all right yeah and you'll know but in the mood for love. more importantly the the thing that really jumps out to me in that regard is you're not just watching the movie in terms of the editing you're also in my case for every international film watching the subtitles that's true as fun for almost every international film so that kind of does change the experience of the film which i always think is very interesting like woody allen's popularity in france and other countries is it because is there a visual excitement added you know by by, by reading the words or something like that i don't i don't know but that's kind of one hurdle to think of in regards to that but i i don't know i think it would take a deeper a deeper study in a way I've never really thought about or looked at films or has never jumped out at me in a glaring way. I mean, obviously there's specific styles and periods. There's the French New Wave. There's, you know, what the Russian filmmakers were doing in the 1920s. There's always amazing periods in film mm -hmm. to look at in specific areas, but I don't know if there's like a specific solitary thing you can attribute to a different country's style. Yeah, it's maybe there's so many the different time. filmmakers. Yeah. What, yeah. what period That's how old that movie is cool I think we should do more foreign movies I would love to do that I think there's so many things we can get to I don't know if there is a difference per se I do think well, maybe maybe there is a difference I mean I, I do feel sometimes there is a different pacing when it comes to sp specifically European films I feel like they take their time more And I'm very mm -hmm. impatient when it comes to pacing, when I feel like it's off. And sometimes 
that doesn't work, but many times it does work. Sometimes it's really nice. Sometimes I get really annoyed by American movies because they're so paced, so perfectly paced, mm -hmm. and the structure is so predictable that it mm -hmm. doesn't get me excited anymore. So it's, it's really about finding those films that can just get to you. And they can be they can be anything like Snowpiercer completely got to me, and I thought that's and that's not like a really heavy film or anything. It's total entertainment, but it by far I feel like it's superior to any Marvel movie or many Marvel movies um, that are out there. Of course, I mean all his movies are, but also it's interesting. To, you're talking about the style kind of goes beyond just the editing. The editing is kind of the recipient of an overall sensibility that's being captured on the set so it's almost kind of becoming a thing of like well what if you had you know some filmmakers do like working with european directors for a specific reason yeah what is that reason what what's the opposition to what they're doing that they need that editor for so that's kind of something to think about too is it's not you know the editor can only work with what they're given but Yeah, I guess you could bring like Michael Bay's sensibility to a Woody Allen movie and that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the editing perspective. I have one more quick one. Todd asks, how do I get good at this? I have stories to tell. How do you get good at editing, Tyler? Um, I don't know, but I believe you have merchandise that can be purchased at the This Guy Edit store <laughs> that has the answer. <laughs> I agree. I think it has to do with you got to create, you got to build your craft, and you got to ship. Those are the three things you should do. Maybe not necessarily in that order, but uh, build your craft, create, and ship. So it's really important that you work on it, that you do a lot of work, and that you go all the way with it. So you f try and find an audience, and making that connection is where you really start to learn the things. I mean, you learn by building the craft, but storytelling, you only really learn by getting an audience response, whether it's negative or positive, whether people care or not care. So that's that's the advice. Just do it. Yes. A lot. Very important to immerse yourself in it. And as the mug Sven gave David Wayne, when we interviewed David Wayne, director of White Hot American Summer and all kinds of cool stuff, says, just edit. If you need a reminder, go on to that This Guy Edit store. I get nothing for this recommendation, but I get a lot. it holds fluid. This. It holds fluid. I wanted to introduce a concept. If anyone's interested, we want to have a feature on this show. We haven't come up with a title for it yet, but it's something like what my software did this week. And it's a place for you to vent issues you've had with your specific editing software. We're not going to be prescriptive. We're not going to offer solutions to your issues. This is not a tech podcast, unless there's a glaring thing that we have an immediate and quick answer for. It's more to just a post, a place to post and vent your frustration or the issue you're running into so we can follow the evolution of software and also create a community place where you can reach out to each other and hopefully possibly solve each other's problems so is that the best way to do it yeah i think so tweet me at this guy yeah edit. and we'll and get uh, we'll get the good once a week we'll get a good one on the show it'll be really interesting because i usually cannot help with any tech support and i do get a lot of questions about frame rates aspect ratio compressions and all that stuff and i have no perfect answer ever and but mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to to look at the frustration or the things that are yes, stopping you and how you yes. troubleshoot them The process of troubleshooting is really interesting. Ooh. Yes, yeah, send us a solution how you overcome a problem. That could be very... Should we talk about the movie? Mm. Yes, so what is this film? This week's film, Three Billboards? Did you see it in theaters, Finn, Sven? <laughs> I did not, no. I saw it on the TV. But I, I rewatched it cool. today. And yeah, mm -hmm. no, it's, it's a really good movie. It 
flows nicely. The one, one thing I want to point out is that looking for clips, how often the clips say, hilarious clip from the movie. And I remember the movie being very funny and people laughing a lot during it in the theater. But re-watching the clips and looking at it, I mean, they are not funny. I mean, they are funny, but there are just some dark, serious stuff going on. It's amazing that, that it just builds in the way it does and kind of proves that thing Roger Nygaard was talking about when we interviewed him of just how when you have that seriousness, it just creates a need for a space for the comedy. And this scene, I think, fits that bill pretty well. Yeah, yeah. What I also liked about the movie is sort of the the layers of a bad guy. Like, there are a couple of bad guys in this movie that are not really bad guys. And you really... It's, it's you want to hate them, but there are so many things that you just like him for, and you you're like more frustrated with the situation that they're in as opposed to the characters being just one level bad, and you know how you're supposed to feel. That's a great point, and that was totally the theme of the film, and it fits so well into that Western style of genre of morality, and then you know a lot of what Once Upon a Ho- Time in Hollywood was, was playing with as well. So it's a really cool film in that regard, and character transformations, I mean, it's really, it's pretty amazing. Yes. To set up the film, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is a 2017 drama film written, directed, and produced by Martin McDonough and starring Frances McDormand as a woman who rents three billboards to call attention to her daughter's unsolved rape and murder. Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Abby Cornish, John Hawkes, and Peter Dinklage appear in supporting roles. It was released in the United States in 2017 and in the UK in early 2018 by Fox Searchlight Pictures and grossed $159 million worldwide. The film received widespread acclaim, particularly for McDormand and Rockwell's performances and McDonough's screenplay. McDormand and Rockwell each won an Academy Award. There were a total of seven nominations, including Best Editing for John Gregory, who also nice. cut Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Another Year, which is a great movie by Mike Lee. I love that movie. That's one of those movies that I watch over and over again. Um, British guy. So, and they, they also won McDonough, the director, won a Golden Globe Award and a BAFTA Award for his original screenplay. He actually won an Oscar for a short prior to that. So, it's not, I mean, yeah. this, is an, this is a director, British guy, who basically did a short, maybe a feature, and then this. Well, and, and well-known British playwright as well preceding that. Yeah. We are doing the scene where Francis McDormand is confronting Sam Reck. Sam Rockwell's buffoon character, buffoon police officer, played with, of course, a lot of nuance and heart by Rockwell, and she's upset because Denise has been arrested, and there's also been a big scene where Sam Rockwell's mom has been kind of coaching him how to push back and not be such a pushover to her and to take control of the situation, and it's this great conflict scene, ultimately maybe winning the argument, but also losing it at the same time. Yep. And it's a triangle. It's about her and Sam Rockwell... But then there's this other guy. Yes. We're probably not going to get to talk a lot during it because the dialogue so fast and happening. But what are we doing, Sven? What we usually do in this podcast is we look at an actual scene because we don't just want to talk in general terms. We'd like to look at some details, ask some interesting questions about it. Oftentimes we get those questions wrong, but the fact that we're asking them really opens our eyes and, and trains our professional ability, so to say, as storytellers and see, oh, what is what matters? Why were these choices made? 
and maybe we know why they were made once we start thinking about it. A lot of those things that just sort of happen and it, it just sort of washes over you and you feel something, you may be not really aware of what's going on. This is the kind of stuff we want to look at at a specific scene. And the way we do it is there's a link available to a clip that is on YouTube. And it'll be the link will be in the podcast description, and you can watch along with us. And then, if you don't, that's no problem. We'll walk you through it. We'll go back and then look at some specific edits and shots and stuff. Awesome! All right, we're about to start. We're outside. It's an over-the-shoulder tracking shot behind Frances McDormand as she enters the police department. And here we go. At three, two, one, click. This kind of weirdly mirrors the shot of him later when he goes on his rampage. Yeah, she is inside. We're seeing his POV of her. Cut to him. Cut to the third guy. Which is the desk sergeant. No. You. Get over here. All right. What? Don't. Dixon. What? You do not allow a member of the public to call you a fuckhead in this station. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking care of it in my own way, actually. Get out of my ass. Miss Hayes, have a seat. What is it I can do for you? Where's Denise Watson? Denise Watson's in the client. On what chart? Okay, now we're in tighter shots. We were kind of wide for most of this, but now we're in these medium close-ups. When's the bail hearing? I asked the judge not to give her bail on account of her previous marijuana violations. He's sitting, leaning back. Fucking prick. Feet on the desk. Now he gets up. His chair sort of awkwardly falls over, but not. In his own station he gets into her face. Or anywhere, actually. Over the shoulders, real close. And Mama been coaching you. Back and forth. No. My mama didn't do that. He moves away his POV. Gets into his OTS. She walks out the door. Back to the desk sergeant. He puts like a peanut, throws it in the air, tries to catch it with his mouth, and it fails. <laughs> so it's a fascinating scene because everything, on paper, he's more or less winning the argument. He succeeds in his goal. He takes control in his way. Obviously, he gets beat up throughout it and made fun of and ultimately kind of loses in terms of dignity. But the physicality of the way he handles it is just what really highlights that he's just losing that whole time and it's really amazing and then just throwing the peanut up and missing it at the end it's like that was like his big moment of being a hero and <laughs> and one other thing i'd point out that's really funny so so it's just an example of how how strongly like the visual can add to the subtext of what's going on of what's being said and the way it's performed of course like the actors bring so 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 much to it but I just looked at the behind the scenes still at this moment at 103 and they're actually like literally belly to belly I feel like and I wouldn't have really known it and it looks really funny and goofy but it's totally tonal totally different when the close-ups are really intense and you can see here at 113 she actually belly bumps him back proving how close together they are but there was actually a choice I feel like made to kind of go around that really bold choice that was made in the shooting which is interesting with the editing like they took a big comedic uh, thing out of it that might have kind of deflated the intensity of the scene a lot yeah belly bumps him or kicks him in the balls a little bit 
for me it was like oh yeah you don't know she like kind of need him there i think that might be a little beyond what she would get away with is kneeing him in the ball <laughs> not full on just a little she knows. Like just, just <laughs> she's telling him that she's not intimidated but yeah it could be either could. or also we need to do the editing scene from hail caesar that she's in oh, she yeah. plays the editor yeah just for the future since we're already in that All area right. here like if we look at 57 ish when he gets up in the white shot and this chair falls over. That's really funny. It doesn't quite fall over. You think it's going to tip, right. and then it sort of gets back. But it, mm-hmm. it makes it for a really awkward get-up for him, where he's supposed to be intimidating. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> he almost tumbles. But then it's interesting how we cut from this white shot to this close over the shoulder. Because in the white yeah. shot at 59, he kind of just slowly moves towards her lifts his right arm towards her face but then on the cut the motion is completely different like he enters frame so much more rapidly in there and goes Mm -hmm. right into her face and it still works even though these are two completely different performances it's so compressed that it feels like it's it's almost like a little attack like he goes from slow to fast into her face yeah, and then you see the completion of the hand coming up in the shot at 101. True. Which is interesting. So they were able to kind of cheat it with like a couple pieces to kind of add that suddenness and aggressiveness to it. And again, hide what really happens in the wide shot, which is how close they are. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, I had something at the beginning. It's really at 05 when she enters outside, how we cut to the mm-hmm. interior a nice simple example and we do this all the time in editing not a big deal but it works so well here is the compression of time so she's she's outside she is crossing the street she hasn't even gotten to the um, walkway yet sidewalk the sidewalk Mm -hmm. but we cut to the door opening inside his pov and it really Mm -hmm. throws the energy from her stomping across the street to opening the door and her coming into it it really makes this moment that would have taken another 10 seconds for her to complete this movement and make it so much faster and so much more impactful to compress time here that's a great call then this this is going to be a little tricky like you almost really have to watch the scene but this triangle that we're seeing here um, between the three of them it's it's Frances McDormand and she wants to take it up At with Sam Rockwell and then there's a desk sergeant that's tr- that's like disrupting this he's always like you don't she shouldn't talk to you like this and he's like let me handle <laughs> right. this i got this and the way that this scene right. is covered is interesting so she walks in. We're seeing her walking in in the POV. This is 10 seconds in. We cut to him. He looks up. We're using this head turn of his, like as he looks up, as a cut point. But then we cut to the the third guy interrupting. This is another medium <laughs> shot. Then we cut to an over-the-shoulder white shot of Sam's over shoulder. And we see the two of them, Francis and the desk sergeant, argue. Mm-hmm. And then we're back into this... <laughs> Into this, And then as she gets over to him, we're in a completely new shot, which is technically a white shot, two shot of the two of them. And the third guy mm-hmm. is in the middle. We see his back. Lighting is fairly dark on him. And he's sort of the div- dividing line between the two. And she's crossing it. Yeah. 
So visually, this is like their relationship is visually supported between those three. Yeah, and it's yeah new 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 setups to kind of establish the new beats of the scene and new portions of the scene are always smart. Yeah, and then at thirty-two, when on an over-the-shoulder of the death sergeant, who by the way is played by Selchko Ivanek, Ivanek, whatever, and um, <laughs> had to get that in. <laughs> His name. <laughs> I tried. I really tried. <laughs> but that name is impossible right. to pronounce. So we boom down to Rockwell? Yeah, we boom down to Rockwell. Oh, by the way, I noticed he has a cookie in his hand and a cup of yep. coffee that I didn't even notice on his lap. Feet on the table. Yep. So he's playing it off. Cool. So interesting composition here because it's a low, sh- low angle on her looking up. And a high angle on him, not really high angle, sorry. It's like eye level with him. Mm-hmm. But the low angle makes her obviously be uh, dominant. Right. Then he gets a... And it's funny. Yeah, go ahead. And it's, it changes once he's in her face that actually he actually has the higher angle, which is really interesting. Oh, interesting. Just barely. And she's pushing back against it. But that whole shape of it like, is a subconsciously part of it, which is cool. And it's so funny at the end that it's actually the piece of cookie he tries to toss into his mouth. Oh, that's, that's what it is. It's not, a, it's not a peanut. It's not a peanut. And Sam Rockwell is just like a, like a symphony conductor of body language. And there's so much he does, so much like thought and care goes into it and if it was almost anyone else i would think that that chair moment is kind of an accident but it's so symbolically perfect for his approach to this scene and almost like it's his entire character's arc it's like it starts to flop over but like barely survives and makes it upright and gets it gets out of it okay that's just kind of him in this scene it just happens so perfectly yeah it's his performance is really interesting i think deservedly so he got an oscar for this because he's kind of making a fool out of himself when the the other choice would have been to just play this as a total hard ass like a mm-hmm. racist hard Which ass is- cop that just doesn't take any shit but he, he the way he plays it is like he pretends to be a hard ass but he's really a good guy in a way or it's like he's really struggling yeah. with this he's like oh i, I know i'm yeah. supposed to not be a racist anymore it's <laughs> I'm trying to do the right. right thing most of the time, but then again, I have to I have to protect my side. That's sort of his position. Makes yeah. for a really nuanced performance, I think. Right, and also the, just finding that sympathy so smartly, which you need for any character, even a bad guy, but that it comes around is is good too. Yeah, it's a cool scene. Now Very the question cool. is, did they deserve an Oscar nomination? A nomination at yeah. this point, after we've looked at it, of course, uh, sure, yes, yes. I That's agree. what we weren't sure of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's probably five other movies that year that did also. Yeah. That weren't nominated, but and this I one almost because like you said, yeah, they just were able to add a lot to it with the editing beyond what's just going on in the writing and blocking and cinematography and performances. There is a component of it that definitively elevates it. So way to go. Yeah, and I'm glad you picked this scene actually because there is some editing. Because I was going to suggest a scene where there wasn't a single cut in it, which is when he right. walks up the stairs and beats up this one guy. Yeah. And I thought it was a great example right, of when thing. not to cut because that makes that whole moment so much stronger and so much more devastating. Mm-hmm. Well, we can do that next. Yeah. I mean, there won't be any cuts in there. It'll be just that. It'll be just <laughs> authentically Perfect. 
impactful. Is there anything else about this scene? It's fun, dude. You know, it's it's an interesting genre. There's a just great conflict throughout, beginning, middle, and end. Everything is so strong, and the comedy is kind of escalating throughout. It has a great button that's entirely physical at the end of it. It's just it just symbolizes everything about it. And maybe it was in the writing, maybe it was in the performance. Who knows where that came from? But it's just a perfect example of how to do comedy with something that's just barely funny. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, nothing to the scene. I remember, I haven't finished watching the movie today, but I vaguely remember that I loved the entire movie, but I wasn't quite happy with the ending. It felt very unresolved, which maybe is a good thing, because it's sort of, that's a, it's more real that way, in the fact that there isn't a real resolution to this problem that they're facing, but it felt a little unresolved to me. Wait, what's unresolved? Not the scene. Oh, of just course. Just overall the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole... Well, the whole thing is it's it's kind of posing a question more than it is giving an answer, which I think is a little refreshing, too. Yeah, refreshing so, yet unsatisfying. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. In time, maybe it's more satisfying. I, I feel satisfied nice. by it, by the film. I don't think there's anything more you need to see. Someone getting their head blown off with a shotgun. Oh, that's, you know? that's what was so nice about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? You get full resolution. Res- yeah, yeah. Redemption, strokes full redemption. different folks, man. Yeah. What about Inception, the other Leo movie? Right. It's a bold, I appreciate boldness, bold choices, and you know the story was over. True. Let us know what you think, which side you fall on with the ending of, <laughs> maybe it's the <laughs> three billboards, maybe it was the editor's choice, maybe there's a whole other quarter of the movie and the editor just chopped it and that's why they got without anyone's approval and that's why the, the nomination happened. But let us know your thoughts on the, the film or the scene or anything and we appreciate everyone listening, we appreciate the way the podcast is growing. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. If you don't, tell a friend. That's fine too. And to share comments, where do they go, Sven? They go to Twitter at this guy edits. And thank you to Curter for the music. And as Sven always says, happy editing. Cool. Awesome. Done. Thirty-seven minutes. Boom. That was perfect. All right, I'll chop that up real quick. Uh, If you don't mind sending your files, obviously.